I love it. I think this whole album just kind of feels like a party in the room and you just come in and you want to sing and it feels a little loose and live and um, in hopes that we would just like experience and remember how fun it is and how good it is to sing together. Welcome back to another episode of Impartial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Cara Devereaux. And I'm Monet Funga. And in today's episode, it's a Sandra McCracken Christmas. We have the artist herself on to talk about how the Lord brought her to faith, her new book, and how Christians should be praising the Lord this Christmas. We're so delighted to count down to Christmas with you this year. Today we're talking to Sandra McCracken. We also have episodes coming up with singer-songwriters Matt Boswell and Jeremy Casella and with Pastor Steve McAllister. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter so that you don't miss out. You can also follow us on Instagram where we will once again be hosting our annual Battle of the Carols. And if you enjoy what you hear, we'd be very grateful if you share this episode with all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. But first things first, we have an uber fun giveaway for our listeners. Go over to hymnpartial.com to enter for your chance to win a copy of Spurgeon's own hymn book. This includes over 1,000 psalms and hymns, a foreword by Spurgeon scholar Tom Nettles, and an additional essay by Spurgeon called How Should We Sing? It's a beautiful cloth-bound edition, so go over to hymnpartial.com for details on how to enter. The offer ends December 31st, 2021 at 11.59 GMT. Yep, don't miss out on that one. So today we're talking to Sandra McCracken, which is really exciting because I've loved her music for quite a while, and she, yeah, she had a lot of really good stuff to say about Christmas and the Advent season. Mm Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, We recorded this a few weeks ago, but it was really nice to start to sort of get into the Christmas spirit with Mm -hmm. her so early and her book had just come out. Um, So, yeah, I think I think she had a lot of good things to say um, about Christmas and just about Christianity. So I think you'll enjoy the episode. Yep. Without further ado, here's the episode. Sandra McCracken is a prolific songwriter, modern-day hymn writer, and record producer. She has devoted over two decades to writing and recording music. Sandra is a founding member of the Indelible Grace Artist Collective based in Nashville. She produced 14 solo albums, including her album, Sandra McCracken Christmas, something we will be talking about today. She is a regular contributor for Christianity Today and hosts the Steadfast Podcast on the Christianity Today Podcast Network. Her new book, Send Out Your Light, released in September, is available now. Sandra McCracken, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you across the miles. <laughs> yeah, we're really excited to have you. <laughs> Thank um, you. So you have such a rich background as a recording artist, both in your solo career and with ministries like Indelible Grace and Rain for Roots. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are. Well, I I grew up in Missouri, which is like, um, you know, and I'm in Tennessee now. So Mm -hmm. I remember as a little kid, I would I would listen to all the music that my older brothers and sister used to listen to. And I Mm -hmm. developed an interest in music from a young age and would look at all the backs of the recordings and everything came from Nashville. You know, all the (laughs) the (laughs) pop music and the church music and the country Mm -hmm. music. And it was really um, it was it was fun to pay attention to that. So I ended up here going to school in Tennessee and um, 
songwriting had been a part of my journey as well. And I started journaling and then songwriting when I was in a, a young teenager, um, which just like kind of, it, it became such a part of my life. I don't know that mm -hmm. I imagined I would do this professionally. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe I would be a school teacher or a counselor or something, you know, in a similar kind of heart oriented field, but maybe not in songwriting. So it's been a pleasant surprise and one where I look back and I think, oh man, all these projects and collaborative things I've been able to do that they really sprung up out of community. They sprung up out of just opportunity of um, what's that old phrase that says like bloom where you're planted, which is like, mm. you know, it's such a simple phrase, but I think in a sense, that's really what my music journey has been about. Yeah, wow, that that's really cool. I think we we talk about enough um, hymn writers on this show, uh, and it's really interesting just to see like how hymn writing and poetry and songwriting and all that stuff just kind of comes so naturally. It's just like an out mm -hmm. an outworking of you know the talents that God has given plus faith, mm -hmm. you know, the faith mm -hmm. that, that, that God has given as well. So that's really cool to hear how you've just kind of always felt like it was part of you in terms of mm -hmm. your journey. I think it, it, any, no matter what vocation people are in, I, lo I love how you're saying that there's this um, integration where it's like who we are as followers of Jesus becomes, um, it becomes so much a part of the rest of our life. If we mm -hmm. think about it that way, you know, cause mm -hmm. God is at work in all those things, trying to get our attention. So, yes, absolutely. But now you're an author, so <laughs> I mean, tell us a bit about your book and and just kind of how you how you came about um, writing it and where folks could get it. Um, I'm so thankful to have been able to do this project in the last few years. I had um, thought about it for a while. My comfort zone is certainly more in the three minute words that would fill three minutes of a pop song, but <laughs> this was another thing to say, okay, can you write 40,000 words? Mm. Um, kind of intimidating and a new skill and a new application of the same, some of the same skills, but in a new format. And it, mm. it was a little bit scary and, um, and good. Cause I think sometimes when we say yes to those things that feel a little bit beyond what we could do, um, gives us a chance to really trust that God is leading us and that he, um, he loves us the same whether we write a great thing or don't at all. Just, the, you know, <laughs> so I think when we take step out like that, um, that's certainly been this experience for me. It's been, uh, and it was what, it was strangely timed with the pandemic because I had signed on to do the book and it was the end of 2019. And then it was a very quiet season where I was mm -hmm. able to be home and working on the outline and working on the draft um, during COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, a lot of things were. Sorry, go sorry. ahead, Cara. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I actually really liked how you incorporated music and lyrics mm. in particular in your book. So that was a really mm. nice touch. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I was just gonna say, a lot of things were born out of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thankfully, such so many good things. I think, uh, particularly from the church, uh, mm. came out of the pandemic. So that's really exciting. Mm. It's been a good time for creativity. I think. It's made us mm. slow down and just, um, yeah. So mm. in your new book, uh, you make the comment about hymns in, I think it's chapter six. Um, you say, these old words reminded me that there were stories that came before mine. 
So with Indelible Grace, you guys often refresh old hymns with newer tunes. So what took you in that direction and why is it important for the church today? Hmm. I think that the history of the church is so important. Um, it always has been, but when whatever moment we're in now, I think some of the moment that we're in culturally and globally hasn't really been named. We've all shared this strange experience of a global pandemic and we don't really have the words for it yet. And it's mm. produced a lot of anxiety in people. Mm. And I, I, I think I think we already were so individualistic, at least, you know, in the communities I'm close to. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has just, it, you know, hi- taken a highlighter and just said, if you feel like you're, you know, um, alone, you're really feeling that now, you know. And I think the church has an opportunity in that to say we are made for community. And so the mm-hmm. things that you're longing for, the things that have felt um, that you felt cut off from one another and the way that that experience has shaped our, you know, last 18, 20 months, whatever that's been, Um it's just an opportunity to press into these old truths of the scripture and the promises of God that would say, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. The hymns help us to remember that believers have walked the same road, even with different sets of circumstances yeah. before, that we're not the only ones and we're not actually alone. So I think there's a tremendous amount of hope and we, um, and we come alive when we can sing that hope and like sing it back to one another. So that's why the hymns, when we have a shared catalog of hymns and we can pull those songs out, it does something more than the creeds, more than, you know, just sharing a meal. There's something very sacred happening when we sing together. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, I think it's so wonderful um, to to draw from the experience of Christians in times past and Mm -hmm. see, oh, wait a minute, like they struggled with the same things I'm struggling with or they... Um, experience these high highs and these low lows Mm -hmm. just like today and that kind of uh, that kind of joins us together in terms of our universal experience as Christians who have this wonderful this wonderful God looking after us across time Um, Mm. I I think I think that's really lovely and I guess kind of to piggyback off of that um, your Christmas album is actually a really lovely blend of old and new, you know, drawing from those old kind of carols that we all grew up singing and also a lot of original work as well. Um, So I guess, can you tell us about your process in creating it and how did you choose which hymns to work with and and what was your process behind your original songs? Mm. Um, This Christmas album, I think even though we had been working on it, before this time period when we were all kind of separated and not able to sing together in a group for a while. Um, <laughs> but there was still an emphasis on what does it mean to sing together? And I'm, I'm interested in that, just the tradition of folk music where you have songs that are singable, mm-hmm. these melodies like joy to the world and hark the herald angels sing. And um, the, both of those with incredibly rich, um, theologically rich texts and poetically rich. Mm-hmm. And then these melodies that are folk melodies that are pretty enduring and a few of them that I went to find um, during the time of gathering these songs, um, like Bright Morning Stars, which is from kind of the American folk tradition, and mm. from the spiritual tradition, like Jesus, What a Wonderful Child is one that had been new to me. I didn't grow up on knowing that song, and yeah. it just 
I love it. I think this whole album just kind of feels like a party in the room and you just come <laughs> in and you want to sing and it feels a little loose and live and um, yeah. in hopes that we would just like experience and remember how fun it is and how good it is to sing together. I really liked um, Jesus, What a Wonderful Child when I first heard it. as I'd never heard it before. And I was like, oh, this is so upbeat. And it makes me so excited for Christmas. <laughs> it does. I agree. I think it's fun when some of those that have been around for a long time, but you've never come across like that was the same for me. And I think it just revives something because you think there's so much out there. There's so many beautiful songs that have been written and then hidden away for a while and then pulled back out. So, yeah. So Christians are, we're quite unique. Um, in that we don't just sing at Christmas and at football matches. Um, we sing our <laughs> praises to God all year long. But what is it about Advent songs that awake a particular kind of longing for sort of redemption and for Christ and for that nearness to God? Mm. Advent is probably my favorite season in the church year because it's um, it gives permission to bring those longings before God. So there is this immediate longing that's, you know, we're longing for Christmas Day and we're anticipating that and this celebration of Jesus who came to be with us, to be one of us. And it's mm-hmm. um, and then there's this other, this foreshadowing piece where we're looking ahead to when the king is coming back, which is more of a um, like a wide view of longing, like longing that is still yet unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so when we say, okay, for these weeks leading up, when we say these weeks of Advent, we're going to give ourselves permission to um, bring those longings before God. I think something happens and I think we make space. It's like you you kind of have to get some of the furniture out of the way to where you can mm-hmm. kind of make this room in the middle of the floor. And if you want to kick off your shoes and be able to dance or just like there's space. I feel like mm-hmm. that whole time is just like spacious. And, and that takes effort. It takes you know, actually moving things out of the way. And um, some people do different practices that help with that. But it's really such a rewarding practice, kind of like Sundays and Sabbath. If you mm-hmm. actually go to the trouble to do that and to be disciplined about it, the the fruit that comes out of it is pretty tremendous because we mm-hmm. kind of name the longings that are already there and the rest that we need. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, like creating the space I think obviously Christians, we could look forward to Christ's return all year long and we do. Um, and we could look back on him coming, you know, particularly in this Christmas season. But I think setting time aside, I, I always kind of consider the Christ- the Christmas time to be like one of the most restful times of the year because, you know, mm-hmm. there's no one at work waiting for you to, you know, send that email. There's not like pressure from the outside. (laughs) It's just kind of like you are in your kind of space at home, like able to rest and as Christians able to rest in, in the, the sweet promises of, of Christ. So on that note, how can Christians, how do you think Christians can enjoy the music of Christmas without getting distracted by all the commercialism that comes with it? Hmm. What are the things that have helped for you all? I know for me, um, it is it is a real challenge. There's so many other voices. There's so many competing voices. One of the biggest competing, like the noise of consumerism, just this like you have to 
do all this stuff and be all these places and buy all these things. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think it's maybe in pushing back or resisting that we, um, it's more helpful for me to not try to say like, okay, I'm not going to buy anything or to be mm-hmm. super restrictive about it, but just to sort of name it. And when we're, when we kind of feel that impulse to, um, buy more stuff or just to like take the shortcuts that consumerism affords. I think um, being able to name that and say, okay, this isn't going to give life so I can buy it or not, but I need to name it, you know, in the moment. So, and then little practices like getting up early or um, doing scripture readings together as a family and, Mm -hmm. and setting some new practices. That is the upside of, of a season, like a church calendar season, is that you can say like, okay, I may not be able to do devotions with my kids every day all year, but I could probably do it for December. And that's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think these like small habits that we could take on for a season and then find um, find that those are a little bit more manageable commitments in a short term. I think it can be easier as well in Advent and in December because so much of the world celebrates it. So there are so many resources that come out. Like I'm already mm-hmm. getting emails from people saying, here's this <laughs> new Advent devotional you can do with your children. Yeah, um, And it's just, it's a good time to start because you have that help. And then you can hopefully carry on some of those things mm-hmm. into the, the new year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there things that you all do that have been space making yeah, I was going to say devotionals, special devotionals. My my husband's really good at at saying, "Hey, you know, let's let's read this or go through this particular devotional mm-hmm. as as we lead up to Christmas." Um it's a difficult one for me because um m- more so probably than Kara, um but being American, like, you know, Christmas is like it's like so ingrained in the culture. It's everywhere. It's big. It's like, you know, lights on the house. It's like yeah. the house is done up. You know, you're wearing sweaters and hats and ears and everything. And it's just like a whole event. And and I do enjoy that that tradition, I guess, in terms of my, my own family and, and kind of the, the local area where I was raised. Um, so it wasn't until becoming a Christian um, when I was in my late teens, early twenties that I kind of was like, Oh wait, this season actually means something much, much more. So it's kind of been over the years, like a gradual shedding of the overly commercial aspects of Christmas and trying to be more reflective. And like I said, having that time where we're just resting, that's a, that's a huge deal because you, you're actually slowing down enough to pay attention um, to what the word is saying or, you know, the devotional you're, you're choosing to use for that time is saying. So it is a struggle for me, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I do feel like it is possible if you're intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same. I tend to like get a devotional around Advent that's specifically for the season. I got a really good one last year called Fixated by Tim Chester. And it actually goes through Hebrews of all the books in the Bible. Oh, I love that. Talking about like just fixing your eyes on Jesus. Um, and that's really good. Um, it's not Advent, but on Christmas Day, I was raised um, that we don't open our presents until after we've been to church. Nice. And it kind of just keeps the focus <laughs> on like 
that's what Christmas is about. And then afterwards we can do all the food and we can do the presents and everything, but it's the church part that Mm. matters. It's Christ that matters. Um, Mm. I also try and try and have an advent calendar, not an advent calendar, advent candle every year, but I always get to day like seven or eight and then forget to burn it. It's still there (laughs) in January. (laughs) Can reuse it the next year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I always forget. That's terrible. Um, so what is a passage of scripture that you think really captures the heart of Advent? Would you be willing to read that for us? Oh, yes. Um, let me pull that up. The one that comes to mind, what I think just going on what you just said as well, Hebrews is such a great choice. It seems like Mm. that would be such a parallel study, um, because it's such a visionary book, um, Mm. But one that comes to mind, which is also a visionary um, scripture, is from Isaiah 60, right at the top. I believe that. Here we go. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant and your heart shall thrill and exult. And it goes on. It just continues to just name the ways that God has blessed the earth and that the earth lifts up praise to him. And then, um, yeah, and then it goes on and says in verse 19, which is like, again, a prophetic look ahead at the New Jerusalem that we also see again in Revelation 21. But it's verse 19 says, The sun shall no more be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. And I think that scripture for me really, when I think about Advent this year, especially having just written a book called send out your light, which was also based on this just reflections on light. And, um, and I, and that is a theme in, in Advent, but just this idea that light that he gives us that light is really his glory. And so we are reflecting his glory. We are receiving his glory. And then we are kind of have the shimmer and the radiance of it when we go out. So, but this sleepy, like the first couple of lines, like to be asleep and to be, to rise up, like to, arise you know and and see this glory that is set upon us so i think that's a little bit of a picture of the sunset i mean the sunrise that we get with this season of advent it's a really beautiful passage it's really beautiful there's actually um the song that indelibris does off of that verse is really one of my favorites as well (laughs) that's awesome Uh, the tie-in yeah we were just talking about that (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that's really really beautiful and i and i hope folks if you're listening that you pick up your bibles and you'd go to isaiah 60 and you'd read that for yourself because it's a wonderful reflection as we start this advent season um if you want you could count down the advent with us on this podcast and that'd be lovely we'd love to do that with you but before we go sandra can you tell us where folks can find you online um, yes, I have a website, sandramacracken.com, and I think all the links are there. I'm on, you know, the various social media outlets as well. But um, yeah, hope to uh, hope to connect with you all there. 
Great. Thank you so much for being on our show. We really enjoyed the conversation. It's my pleasure. Thank you both.